shirts and all those up, Swindon fans. But you're not there yet. Hello and welcome to episode 70 of Together, a Brighton and Ove Albion podcast. Uh, my name is Josh and we are here again to uh, continue the discussion on Albion's uh, lack thereof of points um, against the teams that are in and around us. Um, we've had another rough week uh, at home to Watford, a game that I think we all agreed was a game that we was uh, finally classifying as a whole group of fans as must win. Um, we failed to do so. In fact, we were pretty lucky to come away with more than uh, more than zero um, after that first half display. And uh, if it wasn't for uh, Mariapa, um, you know, putting it into his own net, um, we may well be walking away with nothing at all um, and sinking ever closer to that relegation zone. But... Thankfully, we, we were able to come back in that second half and the changes that uh, Graham Potter made were the right ones and we went on to get a point and kind of feel a little bit unlucky, just like the week before, that we didn't go on to win it. Um, bit concerning that we are showing this more often than not now, um, the idea that we're unable to break a team down uh, and then we go on to make a set of substitutions, look at a much better team, get a goal or three, <laughs> depending on where you're at. Um, and then, you know, come back and, and get something in, from the result. And we can't keep uh, gambling on being able to do that. So we're going to have to see how it goes going forward. A um, couple of news pieces first. Uh, it's finally been confirmed uh, on February the 7th that Ali Reza Gahambach, uh won the uh, Goal of the Month award for January for the bicycle kick against Chelsea on New Year's Day. Uh, finally, right? Clearly, that is uh, one that he should have won all along. Um, glad to see that no big club bias came into play here. Uh, what a goal that was. Probably the best goal that we're going to see from him um, in his career. And, you know, one of the best goals we'll ever see in the Premier League from the Albion, uh, whether we stay up or not. So, well-deserved. Um, he also won the Porsche Performance of the Month award. And I'm pretty sure he won two Porsches for that. Not one, but two. One black and one white. Um, you know, it's just outrageous. Uh, I wish I was able to win two Porsches for scoring a bicycle kick. I'll play it. I'll, I will try for hours and hours and hours if that's what I could win. Um, he also won the uh, UK Amex UK Goal of the Month accolade as well earlier in the week. So basically everybody loved that goal. Thought it was brilliant. Um, and I think he actually, yeah, he did. He even said himself uh, it was the best goal of his career. Um, you know, and you could just tell after it had gone in that he was as shocked as anybody else. Um, and I thought he made a huge difference yesterday against Watford. Um, and we'll talk about that shortly. But I would like to see him get a bit more game time. Um, 
every time he's came on so far this season under Potter, he's looked dangerous. He's looked lively. Um, I think it's about time we got him back in the deal. Um, another big story is Davy Proper. Uh, he has signed a new contract, um, extending his deal now through to uh, 2023, uh, June 2023. So I think that's an extra two years on his deal. Um, crazy to think that, you know, we signed him from PSV, uh, back when they were a slightly better team than they are now. And he has been able to adapt so well to Graham Potter's style, um, and continue to flourish. He is, it's strange because there's not many of them in the side, um, that you can really categorize as a Chris Hutton signing, but a Graham Potter player. Um, there aren't many of them, right? I think you, uh, I think you in fact, I can't really think of anyone in the side right now that you could clarify, cl- classify as a Chris Hutton signing uh, that has become such a perfect Graham Potter player. Um, I mean, there are a couple of names that spring to mind, right? Chris uh, Lewis Dunk um, is definitely one of those players, but he wasn't a Chris Hutton signing. Um, Solly March wasn't a Chris Hutton signing. Uh, so, I mean, it's it just speaks to how well he is doing at this club. Um, and, you know, it's... It's a really, really good extension for us. One, because I think he is capable of running that midfield for several more years to come. Um, I think if there's anybody who is not in danger of losing their place in the midfield, it's Davy Proper. Um, and I think the other piece of it is that if we were to uh, sink without a trace this year and go down, he is a player that has enormous resale value to almost anybody else uh, in the top divisions. And adding this on just, you know, makes makes him uh, add add a couple of million to the price tag so delighted to see him sign on the new deal uh says a lot that he was willing to do it um he obviously has a little bit of faith in us staying up um so it was good good stuff uh already played 26 games for us this year uh well uh, well overdue a couple more goals actually um i think he's only scored once so far uh i think he's more than ready to step up and score a couple more um but yeah Great news. Davy Proper signs until 2023. Uh, good for him. Hopefully he stays a bit longer um, and we can keep on cracking in the Premier League. Uh, finally, I have an interesting one for you. And I think this has been discussed a couple of places, but uh, Brighton and Albion have welcomed the guilty verdict uh, and a three-year banning order given to a fan who assaulted a club steward at a recent home match against Villa. Um, interesting. Uh, some of the bans that we've been getting here. Uh, I believe this was pretty serious. Um, not sure exactly other details because I don't really go into it. Um, but it looks like the Albion are definitely on the forefront of a zero tolerance approach towards fans acting unacceptably. Um, you know, and I'm not entirely, I, I'm not against it at all, really. Um, I think it's, there is no place for it in this day and age. Uh, there are a lot of families coming to games, um, you know, there was incidences at West Ham just last week uh, that were an absolute disgrace. Uh, and there are incidences all the time, it feels, um, and it's getting worse. So I, I'm pretty happy to see that Albion are stepping forward uh, with this zero tolerance approach and just getting shit done. Um, you know, I think it's just unacceptable. And uh, this gentleman, um, who I'm not going to name, even though he has been named, uh, has been given a three year banning order, ordered to do 40 hours of unpaid work. Um, and, he's been given an indefinite ban 
um, by the club itself. So, you know, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Um, not particularly sympathetic, but I think it's good that the Albion are plastering these pieces of news all over their websites um, and Twitter feeds. You know, it's a good message out there that if you want to be an idiot, you'll get treated like an idiot. Um, and I've got all the time in the world for it. So fair play, Albion. Um, keep doing what you're doing. And uh, yeah, zero tolerance is, is good for me. So moving on to the game itself, right? Watford at home. Um, it would be, it we were, well, we were looking um, to secure our first league double over Watford in any league um, since the 1990-1991 season when the sides were playing in the second division. Um the year I was born, funnily enough. Uh, we didn't, obviously. Um, you know, Watford have come into this in pretty good form away from home. The new manager bounce really helped them out. Uh, they'd only lost one of the last seven away games um, against us. They'd won three, drawn three. Um, wasn't to be again yesterday. They're now at one three, drawn four. Um, and, you know, whenever we whenever we seem to play Watford, it's a strange-looking game. Um, I, you never really know what is going to come from it. And it was a as per usual game of two halves um you know we aren't in the best run of form um we've only won one of our last 10 premier league games drawn five lost four uh that was against bournemouth in december of course um and we are now currently the worst premier league side in 2020 uh we have only won three points going into the watford game um not good enough we need to sort our lives out uh and we have a lot of work to do here um and after yesterday, we have even more. Um, big thing to note was that Watford had lost 15 points from winning positions in the Premier League this season. Uh, six across their last two matches. Um, they are not a team that, especially under Nigel Pearson, you would expect to happen very often. Um, but, you know, they went on to lose another two yesterday. So this is a team that are no doubt stronger than they were um, under Gracia and uh, Kike Sanchez-Flores, whatever his name is. Um, but... They are still a team that are ropey at best. Um, and, you know, they've got a lot of work to do themselves to think about staying in this division. Um, looking at some of the stats, uh, you know, we had 10 shots to their five. Um, for all of its worth, it wasn't really worth a great deal because of those 10, we had two on target. They had two on target as well. Um, you know, what's what's the point if we're, uh, if we're not going to pepper the goal uh, and make... Ben Foster work, um, who has also been an excellent goalkeeper this season, you know. Um, we had uh, two on target, three blocked shots and five off target. Uh, we clarified one of them as a big chance, uh, which says it all really, um, because they didn't have any. Um, and of course, the, the big chance was the Aaron Moy uh, breaking through one-on-one -on -one and the save made by Ben Foster that was absolutely excellent, unfortunately. Um, possession wise, we had 62%, 67% uh, of the possession. Um, but again, it's, it's not telling the complete story. Um, 82% pass accuracy to their 64%. Um, you know, it's all well and good, but when you look at the finer details of this, um, you know, when you look at our top pass combinations, uh, we had, these are, these are our top five pass combinations in order. Um, dunk to Ryan, 17 passes. Dunk to Duffy, 17 passes. Duffy to Dunk, 16 passes. Ryan to Dunk, 15 passes. Dunk to Burn, 15 passes. 
Um, you know, it took until the sixth top pass combination, which was proper to gross, before we actually got into a player that was not in our back line. Um, we need to get better about playing this ball forward. Um, and, you know, when you look at those passes that we had, um, 104 of them were in our defensive third, 142 of them were in our attacking third, and 249 of them were in our middle third. Let's not pretend um, that that middle third was, you know, a midfield battle. Most of those passes in that middle third were coming from our back four because Watford was so happy to sit deep and hit us on a dangerous break over and over and over again. Um, for all the chances they had, uh, you know, they created four chances from key passes. We created five for all the ball we had, for all the passes we made. Um, they actually created just one less big chance than us. Um, all from open play. There were no set play chances this time. Um, you know, it's it's something that has to change. And I'm going to give a little bit of an analogy a little bit later on. Um, but I really think I've nailed it for once. <laughs> um, and, and this shit needs to get better. Um, you know, it's just not good enough. Uh, they had six, six successful dribbles to our five. Um, we won 36 aerials to their 19. You know, it's all well and good um, bringing in players to win the aerial battle, and I think we need to do that against a team like a player like Troy Deeney. Um, and Shane Duffy won 10 of those 36 yesterday. So, you know, I understand what he brings to the side, um, but it was also a couple of errors by him um, that almost cost us the game. So, you know, it swings in roundabouts here. Um, we were dispossessed 14 times yesterday uh, to their 11. Again, something we really shouldn't be doing. Um, Solly March dispossessed four times yesterday. Uh, Neil Mopai twice as well. Um, it's something we've got to get better at. Once we get into that final third, we've got to be more incisive. We've got to be quicker. We've got to be better with the ball um, because it's all well and good passing it around the back. But when you're not creating the chances up front, uh, any more so than a player than a team like Watford, who they had 43 passes in the attacking third yesterday, and they created one less chance than us. You know what I mean? Like it isn't sustainable um, for a team to continue to do this. Looking further on, um, you know, when you look at the defensive ability, uh, we didn't really have a great deal going on there either. Um, we just allowed them to clear the ball time and time again. Um, they were able to really rule the midfield. Uh, Capu, Pereira, Messina, Decore, uh, Will Hughes, they are all in the top level of players for tackles. Um, they, you know, There's a list of top players in tackles made. Um, they are the top five. It takes until the sixth person until we get to Solly March, um, who you know made two out of three successful tackles. Uh, Solly March, again, five successful interceptions, uh, top of the list. Um, Solly March, I thought yesterday was, you know, unfortunate. He also had a block cross, uh, defensive aerial duels. <laughs> you know, Solly March was second in defensive aerial duels one. Um, this is a team that uh, at fullback really needs to take a look at what's going on here. Um, there is no reason on God's green earth that our wingers should be better fullbacks than our fullbacks. Um, something needs to change. Uh, and I'm I'm intrigued to see what it's going to be because this kind of performance, um, lackluster performance, isn't sustainable, um, and we are seeing it day in day out that 
we just can't keep doing what we're doing and expect to get the points we need to stay up. So I'm going to go into my little uh, analogy comparison right now. Um, we conceded, of all the shots yesterday, one of them, only one of them came from a fast break. Okay, so they had five shots, whatever. Um, they scored one, and it came from a fast break. Um, this is a team that aren't exactly quick either, by the way. Um, but they scored it from the fast break, and here's my analogy. For any of our Albion fan that has been here a little bit longer than, uh, you know, early on, um, I think that we are now seeing what would have been uh, prime Gus Poet ball uh, in the Premier League. And we're seeing it similarly to the way that we used to see Gus in the Championship um, at his worst. Uh, I don't think anybody thought that Gus should leave, by the way. Um, so for those who are kind of on the Potter out bandwagon, um, I would encourage you to take a look back on those days under Gus Poyet. Um, you know, prior to Hewton, he was widely considered the best playing team to watch play football um, in Albion for a long, long time. And I think we are we have the ingredients to continue to do the same thing. Um, so Poyet Ball um, was beautiful to watch when it worked well, right? It was gorgeous. We were slick. We were confident. We almost played with an arrogance. Um, and the goals came in just spectacular fashion. When it didn't work and when Poyet struggled, it was mainly against teams that were happy to sit back on the ball um, and break. And if they only had two breaks a game, they were happy to sit and take those two chances uh, with the acknowledgement that we were so far forward that hitting us on the break was a huge opportunity for them. Um, and I think we're now seeing what it would have looked like under Poyet in the championship, in the Premier League uh, in real time. Um, because for all the talk of, and I, I was one of the people perpetuating it, um, we all thought that bringing in Glenn Murray probably would be the answer, right? Bring in the big man, get a bit of difference in terms of dimension going forward. We can bring in, we can go bring in the long ball, we can bring in the high ball, we can cross the ball in the box more, we can take advantage of his height as well as the people like Trossard and March and you know players like this with pace um, and really take in and exploit teams um, and make the most of it, but. We've seen quite clearly now that that isn't the case. Um, we are still unable to break down teams such as Watford who are happy to totally sit behind the ball um, and kind of just wait for us to make one or two mistakes. And they're going to be there, right? Even at Manchester City and Liverpool's level, there are mistakes in every player. Um, and yesterday it was Aaron Moy. And I think at this point, if we aren't going to get better at being able to break down teams that are piling men behind the ball... We're going to go down um, because there are a lot of teams left to play that are happy to do that. Um, and I think it's also the reason why I can absolutely see us getting. We are, I think, I think we are more likely to win points against Manchester United at home and Arsenal at home than we are to go to a team like Norwich or to go to a team like uh, go to go to a team like Norwich or play a team like Newcastle at home and get points. Um, I think we are going to do better against those teams because they play in a style that makes us more dangerous, um, similar to Tottenham, right? We allowed them to come onto us. We were able to pass them, beat the beat the press, 
break on them, score goals. If we weren't able to break on them, we were able to break them down because they were happy to press out and weren't wanting to sit behind the ball. And this is this is a point in which that we're starting to struggle. And, you know, if we aren't able to break down the players and the teams that are sitting back, we are going to continue to struggle and we're going to be in big trouble. And I think that... I think that that's nailed it. I think that Gus Poyet is the perfect comparison right now. Um, and I think, obviously, it needs to get better. Um, and we're going to see if Graham Potter can do that uh, with the with the tools he has at his disposal. Um, player ratings in terms of like good players, players that stood out, or players that didn't stand out. Um, I thought that today, yesterday rather... Um, absolutely confirmed in my mind that Aaron Moy and Pascal Gross should not be on a pitch at the same time together. Um, I thought they had little to no influence as a duo. Um, they are not, they just, they do too much of the same thing with no pace whatsoever. Um, and, you know, I think as soon as Gross came off um, and Mopai was on, uh, I thought you saw a totally different team. Um and I think that we're going to have to find a way to get Neil Mopai and Glenn Murray playing together um, in a classic little and large formation. Um, I think they're perfect. Uh, I think it looked, I mean, it looked like that yesterday. Um, the willing runner in the channels of Mopai when Murray was playing the ball was something we didn't have. And it's not because there wasn't a willing runner. Um, because Moy and, Moy and Gross, you know, I'm sure they're both willing. They're just slow slow as hell um and it showed and i think that they both had pretty poor games um you know moy had that one shot on target which i believe you simply have to score um you know unless you're a center half going in a one-on-one situation like that um i think that has to hit the back of the net and it didn't um i thought shalotto was pretty poor yesterday uh i didn't think he i think he just looked the kind of player he is not a premier league player um impact sub at best uh you know defensively he didn't exactly contribute a huge amount compared to the other players at the back there um i don't think dan burn looks fit actually um you know i'm glad to have him back but i'm even happier he now has two weeks break um because i think he is just not ready um i thought that ali reza yahambach was a huge improvement um and i think he simply has to start more um, I, I would be happy to see him start over one of Moyo Gross to provide some kind of injection of pace up front. Um, I don't care which one. Uh, again, if you want to bring in Neil Mopai for one of those two, that's fine. If you want to bring in Alireza for one of those two, that's fine. If you want to bring in uh, Alzate, that's fine. Uh, even better if you want to bring in Alexis McAllister instead of one of those two, good. But I think that Gross and Moy simply should never play together in a starting lineup. There is not enough pace. There are too many creative heads and not enough finishes when you have players like that, and it needs to be done. Um, you know, I thought Lewis Dunk had a pretty good game yesterday. Um, of all the team players that looked shaky at the back, he was not one of them. Um, he also had 108 touches of the ball. That's just outrageous. It was almost 20 more than anybody else. Um, again, it's all well and good being the kind of creative centre half, but when you're given the ball that many times, um, it's always going to be tough to succeed, you know. Uh, Glenn Murray, I thought, did a job pretty well. Again, two shots, one on target. Uh, 
Nine aerials won, which was just one less than Shane Duffy. Um, only 27 touches of the ball, but he did well with the touches he had. Um, and I thought it was a pretty solid game for Glenn. Uh, did everything he pretty much could do to get up to speed. Um, I thought him and Mopai linked together incredibly well. Um, I thought Matt Ryan could do nothing about the ball, uh, the goal. Um, but I thought that there was a lot of players that could. Uh, I've never quite seen anything like it at Premier League level. Four players all backing off um, from a player that we know can hit him in Decore. Um, marauding forward and Dunk, Duffy uh, and two other players that I can't remember who they were just allowed him to continue to walk forward and blast it. Uh, Ryan could do very little about that. There's not really a keeper in the in the Premier League that's going to save that. Um, so it was pretty disappointing to allow us to give him the space. Uh, other than that, you know, Trossard had a pretty quiet day. Uh, I understand some people think he's probably best used as an impact sub, but I thought last week it showed that he was perfectly good as a starter. So he's one of those players that seems to be a bit hot and cold right now, pretty much like the whole team. Um, but overall, there wasn't really anybody that stood out. I thought Solly March did pretty well again. Um, you know, from a defensive standpoint, I think he did pretty good work. Um, he's so uh, flexible. Um, five interceptions, two tackles. Uh, I thought he was all over the shop. Um, and I think he was pretty good. Uh, I thought it was pretty harsh um, of uh, Kevin Friend to throw a couple of yellow cards out there. Um, thought Kevin Friend was very poor yesterday, actually. Shocker. Um, he is not our friend and has pretty much never been our friend. Um, quite what he has against the Albion, I do not know. Um, but I thought he was poor. Um, and I think there's a lot of work for him to do as a referee because he doesn't seem ready for Premier League level at all. Uh, so that pretty much covers the, the, the player ratings and all that good stuff. Um, we have a lot of work to do now going forward. I think we need to be glad for the break because uh, we need it. As of right now, Sheffield United are 2-1 up against Bournemouth, come back from 1-0 down. Um, it's going to be a massive result for us if they can pull that off because we need all the help we can get. Uh, I think that puts them on 26, 26 points, I think, still. Um, no movement ahead of us, which is great. Uh, Manchester City and West Ham United have been called off. Um, so... Please, I beg of you, anybody listening to this podcast, I know that last couple of weeks ago, uh, everybody had panic stations because West Ham had a game in hand. Um, and I kept telling you all it was against Liverpool and they weren't going to get anything from it. Um, the panic stations were still manned. Uh, this is at, at the Etihad. Their game that was postponed was at the Etihad against Manchester City. Do not panic. Their chances of getting points from that game are astronomically low. I'm sure that someone will find this clip and post it if they go on and beat the bastards, but I don't think they will. So, chill. Don't worry about it. I think we'll be fine. Um, let's just get it done and see what they do. I think that we can consider that points dropped, right? Cool. Um, next weekend, we have uh, not really too much to talk about. Um, Villa are at home to Tottenham. It's a game we need Jose Mourinho to sort his life out for and get shit done. Uh, and Norwich are at home to Liverpool. Um, not even really worth worrying about. The odds of them getting points there are uh, slim to none. So next up, away at Sheffield United, a team that have uh, came back and performed incredibly well to take points off of Bournemouth today. Good for us uh, in terms of this one. Not so good for us coming up. Um, and, you know, we're going to have... Uh, 
a couple of games still coming up that are games we can hope to try and get points from. Sheffield United at home, uh, away, Crystal Palace at home. Um, you know, before we get onto the tougher games that we're going to have to play, uh, you know, away at Wolves, Arsenal, Leicester, Man United, uh, Liverpool, Manchester City, we still have a lot of very tough games to go. Um, and I think I saw that Warren Aspinall uh, on the Seagulls player said that he thinks 11 points is going to be enough, 38 points to be safe. I totally agree with him. Um, I've been saying that for a couple of weeks now, and I, I, I am on board with that idea. Um, so 11 more points, uh, be it three wins and two draws, be it four wins. Uh, it doesn't really matter how they come. Um, I think we're going to get at least one win against that top six team, be it uh, Manchester United or Arsenal at home. I think one of them is going to come in for us. I think we might be able to beat Palace, so that puts us on six, which means we need another seven to go. Um, where they come from, I don't know anymore. It is just, there is just a lot going on. Um, yeah, so we will see Alexis McAllister and Tarek Lamptey are going to have a lot of time to play with the team, get bedded in. Uh, Lamptey close to match fitness, you would think. Alexis McAllister very much match fit and ready to just be slotted in and ready to go. Uh, and he may well be the injection of creativity and pace and power and goal-scoring ability that we need. Fingers crossed. That is it from me. Have a great rest of your week. Uh, enjoy your winter break thing next week. Um, I will be here next week with something pretty exciting, I hope. Um, and I will see you all next week on Together, a Brighton Over Albion podcast.